0: welcome back to the podcast. Um, My name is Sarah for those of you who are joining us for the first time and uh, this is Tina.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back. Um, I was just talking to Sereka about our last episode that um, I didn't release it um, but I think we might have the conversation again. Um, So we've been on a bit of a Another hiatus for a hiatus mad. I've just been so crazily busy, I haven't been able to. Um, but I know a lot of you were engaging with me on Instagram and we I really got a lot of feedback from that conversation. So I think it's actually worth having. I was afraid that like maybe it wasn't the right moment because what we were talking about was um Ashing Murphy and walking home uh, alone at night and all the rest of it. So uh, yeah, we'll probably have it in a more structured way. Um uh, some some sometime at a later date and we'll let you know when that's out. Um so for today, Sarka, what are we talking about?
0: So today we're kind of continuing on from our last podcast, um, which was based around um republicanism. Mm-hmm. So for my Irish listeners, it was it wasn't the type of republicanism you're thinking of. It was more Um, the founding of the idea of a republic so uh, today what I really wanted to talk about is um, America and their idea of what a republic is um, and it is certainly not a democracy so a lot Mm -hmm. of people conflate the idea of a republic and a democracy is like they're interchangeable um, but they're really not um, a lot of republics are democracies and a lot of democracies are republics but they're not interchangeable so i suppose we just wanted to talk today about um specifically the type of republic that america has and draw some links between some of the voter practices in america and some of the voter practices in northern ireland in the 1960s when the civil rights movement kicked off Mm um so I know that we kind of have lifen- listeners from all over the world, and thank you again for, for joining us for this, but I just thought I'd, I'd give a kind of a very brief overview of how America was founded. So, like, we all know that America was a British colony the 13 um, colonies on the East Coast of America were were part of Britain, and they broke away from Britain, mainly because of taxes that was their, the, the big, the big um, kind of Sticking point was mm-hmm. the, the taxes that Americans had to pay to Britain, where they had no representation. That's where you get that, you know, no taxation without representation was kind of the rallying cry for a lot of those early Republican groups in America. And in 1776, 56 men signed a document claiming something extremely radical, and they claimed
1: that all men are created equal.
2: Mm. And then um...
1: I can I just interrupt there, sorry, very briefly I, I, I like to think that like or I, I think that I've seen a pattern of how a state is created like that same issue keeps coming up again and again like in Ireland it's housing and you know land and stuff but like now you say that like their issue was being taxed and it's, it's such a it's such the same in america today is like this libertarian idea of like taxes are theft still is yeah. huge in the republican movement just said i yeah. um uh, mention that
0: yeah go it on. definitely is mm-hmm. um and and that was all of the men who signed this document um like the declaration of independence all of them who signed it were all very, quite wealthy men you know mm-hmm. like a lot some some of them had come from poorer backgrounds but a lot of them like george washington his father owned a massive tobacco plantation mm-hmm. you know like they were quite privileged um the vast majority of them were quite privileged and when they said that all men were created equal they a couple of lines down in that document it states that the government derive their power from Sorry, that, that the republic derives its power from the just consent of the government. And then they wrote the American Constitution. And when they wrote the American Constitution, they were like, I know that we said those things, but actually they're not true. Um, they These founding fathers wanted some level of democracy, but at the same time, an awful lot of them owned human beings, you know? Um, like voting was a privilege almost exclusively for white men with property in well, the founding.
1: Well, it's not that they necessarily went. Um, oh, actually, no, we lied. It, they weren't. It, it's that they didn't consider black people human to begin with, right? So it's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. So they. They, they said
0: all men are created equal and in the constitution and they clarified exactly what they meant by that. They, yeah. It wasn't, I phrased it wrong. It wasn't like, oh, sorry, we lied. It was, we are now clarifying exactly what we yeah. mean by these particular men are yeah. created equal. You know, white men with property are created equal. So, and
1: I, I think it's interesting that you said in the last, um, when we were talking in the last podcast, you know, the de- expansion of democracy also coincides with the expansion of who you consider human
0: exactly yeah very much so and we're going to see that um throughout this podcast and i think like everybody um listening to this will probably know from our last podcast that voting was almost for for as long as voting has been around it was almost exclusively tied with property ownership like if you owned property in most of the oldest democracies that meant that you could vote if you did not own property you could not vote mm-hmm. and if people remember um some of our podcasts about women's history you'd remember that um women didn't own property you know they, the property was owned by their husbands and the only women who ever owned property were the children of um parents who's had no sons or whose sons didn't survive to adulthood and that was the only reason that they owned that property you know
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so in the in the constitution um they talk about how men are born with unalienable rights, but voting was not one of them.
1: Okay. When what does unalienable you, mean? You can't take it away. Okay.
0: So a bit like, a bit like the idea we have now of like human rights, you know, that every every human has these rights, um, and you can't take them away from, from that
1: person. Right. Um,
0: So when George Washington was elected, um, at most, 20% of the population were eligible to vote.
1: Okay.
0: So you didn't even have to be an American citizen, you just had to be wealthy. Um, And in certain states, women could vote, but you had to be, again, wealthy. Okay. Um, The Founding Fathers kind of expected the common people, to participate indirectly through local government Mm -hmm. um, and through town hall meetings and protest actions. So kind of like this idea of your representative will sit there and listen to what you have to say, but unless he agrees with it, he's not gonna take it any further and you have no comeback if he doesn't take it any further because you can't vote, so you can't vote him out.
1: Oh my God, this is literally the same. I didn't even it's, I didn't it's the same. Okay, this is a this is a theme we're going to see quite okay. a lot, unfortunately. Okay. Uh
0: John Adams, who was another one of the founding fathers, said outright that he didn't want poor people to vote and he certainly did not want women to vote. Um the founders, the founding fathers, they they didn't want the type of democracy that we even see today in America, even the massively flawed democracy that it is, which we're gonna discuss in, in, in this podcast. But even even this massively flawed democracy Democracy would be alien to them. They mm. would think that the the that um, people weren't actually listening to what they had to say um, at all, um, and also in the constitution, the type of citizenship that they had back then was like very very limited. So it was very difficult to become a citizen of the Americas and and vote then as well. Mm-hmm. They were worried um, about democracy because they saw it as a bad form of government because they saw it as a route to populism. So nice. you have to, they believed that if everybody was allowed to vote, and by everybody they mean all men, um, if everybody was allowed to vote, it would lead to like uh, appeasing the masses and you could end up electing a demagogue. So that was totally the opposite of what they actually wanted. Um, people like James Madison and Alexander Hamilton thought that state legislators, had too much power and that too many people were participating in politics and too many people were voting even though only 20 percent of the population could vote
1: can you um define demagogue for everybody so a demagogue
0: would be somebody who is elected on a populist on a on a populist basis Mm -hmm. so it has to be somebody who appeals massively to whatever it is that's in the kind of air at that time just whatever um, is
1: people are looking for
0: yeah so like somebody who appeals to it uses very emotional arguments mm-hmm. and somebody who like preys on pre- trump essentially trump mm-hmm. like somebody who preys on people's prejudices and who hypes them up um and in in a historical sense a demagogue is a leader of the common people so right. that's what it means in like a historical sense but in a modern sense um it means somebody who's, who's elected via a populist vote and their only kind of mandate is um, usually divisive. It's quite a, a divisive mandate that they're pitching one group against mm-hmm. another, you know, uh, even James Madison said um, that a democracy consequently shall be confined to a small space, whereas a republic will extend over a large region. So again he thought that you could have a republic like the Italian republics where they were small, you know, maybe 250,000 people maximum um living in the entire republic. Um sorry, living in the entire democracy whereas in America as it got bigger and bigger and bigger his problem was how do we differentiate between those that should be in his mind allowed to vote um and those who shouldn't. Right. So yeah you this is also why they invented the electoral college yes which is one of america's biggest problems to be honest with you Mm -hmm. um they they invented the electoral college to give equal populations equal representation in the states as in in the in the state legislature and the the presidency and all kind of areas of the government where just for example, California's electoral vote is estimated to represent 700,000 people. So that's one of their votes represents 700,000 people in the Electoral College, whereas mm-hmm. Wyoming's electoral vote represents just under 200,000 people.
1: Yeah, it says I think it's like, we can put it in the context of Europe. It would be like having, you know, France has a bigger vote than Ireland because France represents like... They have 60 something million people, whereas we have um, we have only five. So, yeah, um, yeah it's well, it's kind guess- of like you, but not it, that's just the comparison. It's a good kind of, you know, and then we like us having equal votes, which kind of in a union kind of maybe do. I don't know. That's different in the EU. Let's not go there. <laughs> I think that it would be very different because
0: they have two types of voting. You know, they have the electoral system and the and the popular right. Vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you had one or the other, there would be a way to make it more fair. But mm-hmm. when you have both, it it leads to to. I suppose it leads to people getting elected who didn't actually win. Mm-hmm.
2: Um
0: mm-hmm. like originally it was intended to insulate the presidency from this kind of populism and electing a demagogue. That's what it was originally envisioned for, yeah. was to to insulate and protect, particularly um from the slave owning states. Yeah. Like they didn't want the slave owning states to have too much power because of, of the Mason Dixon line, um, which is basically, uh, like the top of states like um, North Carolina and Kentucky, where once you cross that you there are no slaves, slavery doesn't um, isn't the rule of the land, you know, and they, they didn't want those states to have enough power to push that Mason Dixon line up and get more slave owning states. Mm-hmm. and we've had in history five times so far presidential candidates who have won more votes than their rival who still lost the election
1: yeah 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 um, and yeah.
0: obviously the most famous one for for recently being um Clinton versus Trump in 2016 but Clinton versus Gore, Gore no sorry no no Hillary Clinton versus Trump uh, yeah Hillary Clinton versus Trump in 2016 like uh, Clinton won the popular vote and Trump won the electoral college.
1: Yeah, but Bush and v. Then, Gore was an overture yeah. of the results. It was, it was like, it was, there was, there was election fraud, like there was. There was the
0: accusations of a lot of election fraud and really a, um, a lot of it had to do with those electronic voting machines that they had, but mm-hmm. it was the electoral college that actually. Voted Bush in,
2: right? You know, and yeah, um,
0: yeah. it has to be kind of um, uh, ratified by the electoral college, and like an an estimate uh, would be that it gives Republican presidential candidates about a five percent advantage over their Democratic rivals, mm-hmm. and if you think five percent of the American population is a huge amount of people
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whose
0: votes essentially are not being counted, yeah, or not being listened to, and this brings us nicely onto our next topic which is voter suppression
1: yeah so can you can you walk us through first like the so they they were like here is the only people who can vote these are the only people to vote right and so for all that time they were like grant these are the only people who can vote we're voting away and then why did they do the electoral college that wasn't set up until the until slavery was ended right
0: yeah, they did it to insulate the presidency. So they did it to to give um to give states that had a lower population but still had kind of like specific um wants in a president. So obviously like what a person who lives in San Francisco wants from the president is going to be probably quite different to what a rural farmer in Montana wants from their president mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and again it was to stop a populist candidate
1: so a candidate well who... wasn't it more to do with like wasn't it like because so the slaves were freed black people were freed from being slaves and then they were also given if they were freed from being slaves and they were also given citizenship which they were then they would also have the right to vote so the electoral college like was set up at that time to in, like you're saying we're saying the same thing but maybe that the, it's like it is heavily to do with race because like the southern states needed control you know like the southern states didn't want um didn't want black people voting and didn't want progr- a progressive agenda to take hold in the country so they retained they held on to power by, you know, uh, inventing the Electoral College. Well, not really.
0: Um, Like the Electoral College was thought up of by the founding fathers. Oh,
1: right. Okay, like, then I'm thinking of something else. Okay, sorry. Like
0: James Madison and Alexander Hamilton laid this out when they set up, like, the structure of the American government, you know. Um, mm. It structured differently in a kind of a federalist kind of way so a bit a little bit like Germany kind of where the states have quite a lot of power but the federal if there's a federal law passed all the states must follow that law mm-hmm. and the, the electoral college um was set up by by James Madison and the the original founding fathers because they believe that like the choice of the president should reflect the sense of the people not um not allowing a person who's running on like just one issue or just two issues because again they believed that the common man that the normal man um was stupid and would not elect somebody who would Mm -hmm. actually do the job that needed to be done like they they wanted people who could make difficult what what we would consider today to be kind of difficult decisions around like how much should we tax people and what should we go to war and things like that um and again it was about keeping power in the the hands of the privileged few um, now black men won the vote mm-hmm. after um after after slavery they they won the vote in with the, the 15th amendment in 1870 during a period in america called reconstruction and reconstruction was where they attempted to very 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 quickly equalize or as, as what they thought of as equalizing the playing field between black men and white men. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, shamefully, there were so many women suffragettes who argued that black men shouldn't get the vote before white women, you know, mm-hmm. um, but anywho, black men got the vote in 1870 and almost immediately states began. You can imagine the states that began to do it, all the ones in the south began to pass uh, felony conviction laws. So if you were convicted of a felony, your right to vote was taken away. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, and they did this while also criminalizing being black. Mm -hmm. So you could be, um, you could be arrested for loitering, you know, and that would stand against your right to vote then. And the only people that they would arrest for loitering would be black men.
1: What is the 13th amendment? Isn't that the one that abolished slavery? Yeah and then the 15th is the one that gave the vote to the to black men. Right. But there's um the 13th amendment has a little asterisk in it where it, it says does. like no man shall be held you know held in slavery except when in, they're in prison. They're in prison. So yeah. there is like that yeah you're free except when we catch you. So then as you're saying they were like Oh, cri- they criminalized black men in order to catch them, in order to put them back into prisons to make, to them, make slaves them slaves again. again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you'll actually find that a lot of those sheriffs, a lot of those prison guards were former overseers on plantations. <sighs> like they were the same men that had been abusing these people for decades and decades. and But now they have a badge, mm. you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they criminalized being black essentially um and then they also designed laws that restricted your right to vote based on again your taxes so Mm -hmm. you had to pay taxes to vote but if your grandfather had voted you got an exemption from that rule right again obviously this only affects people um newly it only affects newly freed slaves because obviously the white person's grandfather voted
2: Mm mm-hmm you know,
0: mm-hmm. um, and then obviously during the Jim Crow era, they had a huge, um, huge amount of, of literacy tests. So yeah, you had to prove that you could read and write. And like the tests given to white people were questions like, you know, Mary lives in the yellow house. Where does Mary live? The questions given to black people were, how high is up? Uh-uh. like these. You know impossible even if, like these impossible deliberately impossible and cryptic questions so that they could fail them and deny them the right to vote
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and obviously it was those literacy tests were not just um they were aimed 100 percent at black people they also affected um immigrants from non-english speaking countries as well mm-hmm. so when the immigrants arrived in america they had to pass this literacy test um and they couldn't because even if they spoke and wrote english how high is up like what what answer do you sense. want to that yeah. like, you know? Yeah. So the rules that govern like states' elections are again, because of the federal nature of the US, um, the the states have quite a lot of say of, of what goes on within their state, like healthcare, education, taxes, etc. But with the civil rights movement in nineteen sixty five and the Voting Rights Act, um the federal government demanded that any changes to election laws got federal pre-clearance so this kind of didn't get rid of those um of of those restrictions to people's voting but they got rid of them on the basis of race Mm -hmm. so if you still if you had a felony conviction you couldn't vote but the literacy test had to be the same for both and therefore more people were franchised like more people got the right to vote
2: Mm -hmm.
0: then in 2013 so for like 50 years this law stood and in 2013 the supreme court said that this no longer applied and they were not going to police voter suppression um after this judgment over half the states in america enacted new restrictions on voting and we saw this during the 2016 election and we saw it in the 2020 election too where people were forced to drive miles from their house or walk, mm-hmm. get the bus miles from their house because their local polling station was shut down
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and had to stand in really, really long lines.
2: Mm-hmm. And this
0: obviously was 100% aimed at Black and the Teanex, um voters. Like people of color, that's who they wanted to suppress here. So, studies have shown that black and Latinx voters wait 45% longer than white yeah, voters some of them to vote. Like eight hours long, those lines in 2020. Some states have, have lines that say, have rules that say if you leave the line to use the bathroom, you have to join at the back of the line again. Yeah. Um, and some states have really strict voter ID laws which disproportionately affect um, people of color mm-hmm. and all of these laws work in kind of tandem with each other um to suppress voters you know and yeah. we're going to talk a bit more about voter suppression in a second but just to say that the us has created this system for i think we all know you know to 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 stop um any sort of a normal person <laughs> getting into the white house any sort of a person who might have any um ideas about equality or equity, um, of opportunity for for everyone in America, and it really lags behind almost all other developed nations in voter participation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like we have low voter turnout, that's our problem. Like in Ireland, we have quite low voter turnout. You know, the only ones that people really vote on in big numbers are usually referendums, mm-hmm. but local and even national elections they don't get a huge turnout because partly because our voter registration isn't automatic
2: mm-hmm.
0: but unlike um america all prisoners and ex-prisoners have the right to vote in ireland so prisoners get to postal vote and uh, your 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 franchisement is not taken away because you've committed a crime and because you're locked in a, in a cell you still can vote if you want to mm-hmm. no problem whatsoever um Whereas in America, if you are convicted of a felony at 18, you leave prison at 25, even when you're 70, you can't vote. Yeah. <sighs> now, in certain states, you can petition a council or a judge in order to um, get your voting rights back. But that depends on the council and it depends on the judge. And mm-hmm. you have to basically go in front of these people and plead for your right to vote, for your right to be an active citizen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just bananas. And all of these laws were seen really clearly in the Georgia Senate race, where the incumbent, Brian Kemp, a white Republican, who was also in charge of the election, which is, like, so fucking dodgy. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that they are even allowed to do that. He purged... Eighty-five thousand people who were eligible to vote from the voter roll yeah. in the weeks before the election. Over eighty percent of them were people of color. Yeah, and then he beat his challenger, Stacey Abrams, by fifty-five thousand votes, which in a state like Georgia is a slim margin. Yeah, uh,
1: You the, know. Yeah, there's a few things I just want to add there. Um, when you were talking about Reconstruction, I think it's something we don't learn about at all. Um, and uh, one thing that might have come into people's consciousness in the last like couple of years was this talk about the Tulsa race massacre, um, and you know um, it was the first place that Donald Trump went and went and did a rally um, once COVID restrictions lifted, and it was on the anniversary of said massacre as well. So it was that was when it was the. Black people black were doing... Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street, Black yeah. Wall Street, it was amazing. Yeah, they were doing really, really well. There was a lot of... um. I think they had... Black-owned businesses. Black-owned businesses. A, I think they yeah. had a black mayor. And yeah, they then, were just supporting themselves within their own community. Yeah, and then the clan... And basically the clan came and just... White people came and just wiped them out. Like massacred people. And they had to leave. And so that is not an uncommon story a uh, during reconstruction. So it was like a backlash because um, black people were gaining, you know, uh, prominence in society and stuff. And another thing is like just to highlight that there's there's another there's this other thing called the filibuster that exists in um in the Senate. So um in the US Senate so there the Democrats are represent 40 million more people than the Republicans do and that is how do they do that well because of the electoral college and because they have um is the electoral college to do with the Senate races? I think it's similar. It's like they get so they have there as so certain states have X amount of Senate seats, and um the southern states have, say, the same amount of Senate seats as but a smaller population, but a lower population. And California only has like two senators, even though they have like millions and millions more than a place like Ohio. So the balance is that it was the senate that was, that was created it was yeah the yeah it was the, the balances off so that there's there's now 50-50 in the senate versus so there's 50% um there's 50 uh percent re- republicans and there's 50% democrats however because of the filibuster the democrats need 60 votes to pa- to pass something but when the Republicans are in. They only need fifty.
0: Yeah, and the filibuster allows people to just run out the clock. Just run
1: out of the clock. Yeah, um, um, and but also uh, like something that has to be noticed is that like Democrats do have the power to do stuff now, but still they refuse. They could they they are also part of the problem. Like the Democrats aren't the good guys in this whole well, situa- situation. And they they could abolish the filibuster if they wanted, which would allow them to pass legislation. But they refused to do, I don't know if you know the name, um, Manchin, Senator Manchin, and Krishna, Christia, Kristen, Kristen something. She's from, I think it's Virginia. Anyway, Christian... Oh, Christian
0: it'll come to you now in about five minutes
1: yeah when I say it anyway but anyway they have passed more voter suppression laws recently you can get fined for giving people water in the queue they are it's really about like it's really about about
0: control control. they don't want to give up control they do not want
1: anybody
0: else you do not want anybody who has any other ideas you know to to have a a chance to have a voice and that unfortunately is what America is built on Um, it's built on the voices of the few shouting down the voices of the many yeah
1: I think I I, I did want to add a little context in the you know you were saying oh it's it's much they target you know black black and brown voters and you're Mm. like oh well it's like you know voter id well if you listen to our our episode on um disaster the same you can apply the same formula here if you are a black person in america you are far more likely to have a precarious um working conditions, you are far more likely to live in a urban area not have access to public transport. Public transport in, in America is absolutely shocking. You have a, a, a lower income. And um, just if you're like, I mean, it can, it can be a class analysis as well. It doesn't have to be race, but you live further away from things and it's harder to get places. And you don't have the time because you're working. All the time to try and survive, and you also, um, don't have the money, you know. So you don't have the time, you don't have the money. So things like acceptable ID is something like a car, a car driving license that you have to go down to the DMV. So the DMV is where you get a car license in America. That could be. That could be that could be seventy miles from your house. That could even if it's just a half an hour, a half an hour on on a a public bus in America would probably take you like two two hours there and back. And if you're someone like everybody listening to this surely has worked in like a waitressing job or, you know, have worked in a minimum wage job where you you worked like ten hours and you don't have time. So all of these things contribute to people just not having the time or not having the energy not having the money, not having the infrastructure that allows them to do things easily and even just something as simple as having $50 spare to pay for the fucking thing is a barrier so it's like it's it's voter suppression by the back door, it's not by its full name, like they're not calling these bills, stop black people from voting, but they're doing it in a roundabout way and it's just, it's getting, it's getting worse, like, but yeah, that's where they are at. And, you know, as I said, they're, they're, it's about, exclu- it's about exclusive spaces and they are exclusion, you know, they're, they want to, the people in power just want the people who are in power to be in power. They don't want to open it up to more people,
0: no, so. because that might require you to change. You know, that might require you to change the way you think about things and the way that you treat people. And they certainly well, do not want to do that. It's you know? more they,
1: that it'll, you won't get the money. The money. The a money. huge amount. Of, I, think,
0: I think America, um, like, you know, they believe that they're the greatest country in the world um, because that's what's fed to them their entire lives, you know. But what they don't
1: cinema cinema sorry yeah continue.
0: <laughs> i knew you'd get it um because they they truly believe that because they're not educated about like how poorly their system actually runs you know mm-hmm. um so i was just when i was doing research on this podcast the, the more that i read about all of these tactics in america the more it reminded me of northern ireland mm-hmm. um in the 60s and we were just talking about voter suppression in america and the same thing happened in northern ireland um mm-hmm. So in, as I said, in most democracies, um, you had to have property to vote and Westminster. So like the island of Great Britain changed this in 1945, um, which abolished previously, you would get an additional vote for being a college graduate and you would get an additional vote for being the owner of a business. Right. Um, So they abolished that in 1945 on mainland Britain but they didn't abolish it in Northern Ireland so this meant that in local council elections ratepayers so tax like payer people who paid business rates and their spouses whether they rented or owned the property um, gained an extra vote and so did company directors and this was the basis for the entire civil rights movement back in 1966-1967. A group called NICRA were founded, um, the Northern Ireland Civil Rights Association, and they were massively inspired by the Civil Rights Association in America. Um, They were founded with five primary demands, one of which was one man, one vote. Mm -hmm. So, like, the problem wasn't that Catholics couldn't vote, it was that their votes were worth less. Yeah because because of the years decades of oppression and discrimination very few catholics owned businesses um, and very few catholics were company directors and so the unionist population had an artificially inflated um vote you know yeah now after um the 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 marches by nicra um. Stormont actually addressed this in the Electoral Act in 1969 but by then the anger and the hurt caused by decades of discrimination and inequality in housing employment and voting they, they couldn't quell the, the the wave that was coming at them you know the, the wave of people that were saying actually I'm not I'm not content with you just giving us the vote I actually want to be able to get a house and I want to be able to get a job and between nineteen sixty nine and nineteen seventy two there were quite a lot of protest marches and a lot of those protest marches, um, people were attacked on those marches by um, by the RAC, by unionists, by members of the Orange Order, and um, you know, they had stones thrown at them, they had like bottles thrown at them, they were physically beaten up and and, and they were brutalized by the police. Mm-hmm. Um, but the by 1972, and, and in Bloody Sunday, when um, British paratroopers opened fire and killed 15 people, um, that was, there was no going back from that for the nationalist population. You know, they weren't going to just, on for, like, on, after that horrific event, the, the nationalist population of Northern Ireland, they, they couldn't just say, oh, we've gotten one man, one vote, thanks very much, we'll sit down now. You know, there was so much more to do. And unfortunately,
2: yeah.
0: that that violence took over Northern Ireland. And mm. there was a 30 year civil war to follow. You was, know?
1: was the Bloody Sunday like the start of the IRA? No, no, it existed no, before.
0: Bloody, it, it existed a long time before. Yeah, mm. um, there's been some there's been an IRA group really since the founding of the IRA in the 1910s, like, yeah, um, but after Bloody Sunday, when those images were beamed into every home and on the front of every newspaper and the british had um a whitewash basically they did an independent independent my eye mm. inquiry where they said that the british had only opened fire after they were fired upon um and it took until 2004 for the british government david cameron to admit that they had opened fire on innocent people and had killed Fifteen people for no more than a couple of lads throwing rocks,
2: mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. had
0: done this. They had done the same not six months earlier in Ballymurphy, which is an estate in, in Belfast where they opened fire and killed eleven people, and um, including a priest who was giving the last rites to somebody. That's was, besides the point. It was um, the same
1: regiment. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, it's yeah, the same, same people. The same yeah. parachute regiment. I was listening to and actually rebel... Paddy
0: Tobin. Paddy Tobin named. One of them, I um, saw in the that, Doyle, yeah, which we are not going to do because we don't want to get sued. Um, but yeah, and I think that 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 in and of itself is a crime to say that I can't say the name of the person
1: who shot dead fifteen people and just got away with it. If you want they to all, listen, they've
0: all just gotten away with it, you know.
1: If anybody wants to listen to um an interview, check out the Rebel Matters podcast. He interviewed one of the. One of the women who was a young child at the time um and experienced, I think it was her mother was killed. Um, so that's there's a really good po- po- um, episode on, on on that. It's hard to listen to, but um worth a, a great Worthy. listen. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So apart from the one man one vote um issue that they had in Northern Ireland, um, gerrymandering was a massive problem in Northern Ireland so gerrymandering is the manipulation of the boundaries of an electoral constituency in order to favor one party over the other
1: what's that mean now what does that mean a lot of big words there now when you when you look
0: at a map of any one place that votes together so for example um a map of ireland Mm -hmm. right and you draw the boundaries of an electoral district based on population so mm-hmm. if you look at an electoral map of ireland you'll see that they have for example dublin has dublin north dublin east dublin west dublin southwest because they have to break it into more than like you can't just draw a box it has to be an equal representation of population and how much is it in ireland it de- it depends um on on uh, i think i think now it's around two hundred thousand people okay um in 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 some constituencies and it it also depends on the amount of eligible voters not just the population as well so like say there's a place in dublin called adamstown um and it's a it's unusual for ireland because it's a built town Mm -hmm. it's not um it it was never there before you know it's not a historical town it was just built you know um and so a lot of the people who live there would be children and so obviously their population doesn't go towards the um the drawing of the boundaries and in the republic of ireland it's quite a big deal for those boundaries to be redrawn so they did it um two I think about 8 years ago they redrew the boundaries of um a good few cities in ireland that had become very um populated you know since the last time they redrew the boundaries and it's regu- it's it's common enough for countries and states and even counties to redraw their boundaries based on population. Mm-hmm. The problem with gerrymandering is that it's an artificial, um, it's an artificial redrawing in order to try and pack as many people of one party into an area, right, and claim yeah. that area for that party. So there's two ways they do it Um, one of them is called cracking where they draw a line right down the middle of a boundary so instead of having a solidly red area Mm
2: -hmm.
0: they crack it in half so that you have some blue pushing in on both of the sides so their votes are less powerful
2: right
0: Um, and the other one is packing which is Concentrating as many voters of one type into one ward or one district to reduce their influence in other districts, Mm. Um, and it leads to some really weird shapes on the electoral maps. You know, so for example, um, in Cork, Carrigaline was never part of the Cork City voting boundary but it is now because the population of Carrigaline has exploded so much Mm -hmm. that it can't be in cork county's voting district anymore you know so it would be very normal for the electoral boundaries to be redrawn that is not the same as gerrymandering
1: yeah so it'd be like say if we were in a school and there was loads of us and we were all in different rooms and then you like packs like 50 students into one room and you gave them one teacher and then you put 10 students into another room and you gave them one teacher, then everyone has one teacher, but clearly one is not one, one, one class is being taught better than the other. You know what I mean? Like you're getting more attention. There's more benefit uh, you have you're able to talk to the teacher more. You're able to get your voice heard. You're able to have your needs met by your teacher. If you if there's only nine of you, versus if there's forty nine of you, she's not fucking listening to you. Like she's, she doesn't have time. She's tired, you know.
0: Yeah, it's the easiest way to think of. I think the easiest way to kind of demonstrate it is literally to get a packet of Tic Tacs and count out all the red, all all the green, and all the orange Tic Tacs, and then see how many you can pack into one district like as in you might have 50 orange tic tacs and 50 green tic tacs but if you need an overall majority of five they should be divided into tens you know Mm -hmm. but what you do instead is you you have one one, one ward with three and another ward with seven and another ward with five and you break them up as much mm. as possible and yeah. spread them out as much as possible so that their votes aren't as strong yeah um so gerrymandering is kind of synonymous with northern ireland mm-hmm. like partition itself was gerrymandered in the same way that the partition of india was gerrymandered again british um so when before partition, when Ireland um in, in 1919, when the first oil was called the election in January 1920 um, like the Sinn Féin candidates won, they swept the board. They took 338 seats out of 393. So across Ireland, like everybody practically voted Sinn Féin, except for the kind of unionist stronghold of northeast Ulster. Mm -hmm. But that was a big problem for the Unionists who lived in Northwest Ulster or North Ulster or, you know, anywhere except for in that kind of um, Unionist enclave of of uh, Northeast Ulster. And this wasn't working for the Unionists and it certainly wasn't working for the British government. So when they decided to partition Ireland in 1920 they was a very careful carve up of existing electoral areas which were designed to provide for a unionist state, basically giving them an inbuilt unionist majority.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's why they didn't include all of Ulster or even like Donegal. Yeah. Right. Because I was always like, I was always like, why isn't Donegal, like everyone, mistakenly goes Donegal is in Northern Ireland but of course it's not but I always wondered like why and that's why okay because it's like you're uh, like Ulster Northern Ireland is Ulster it's like no it's not because there's plenty counties that are not in Northern Ireland yeah
2: yeah
0: precisely so when the British drew that boundary they obviously did it with no input from any nationalists and they said after we got our independence from Britain and we signed the treaty, they said that there would be a boundary commission which would just, you know, fix the boundaries a little bit. So like no side was going to gain a huge amount of land, but there was scope, the British said, to say, you know, move it maybe five miles or ten miles in either direction. Mm-hmm. Um so that was what was planned um however that never went ahead for a myriad of reasons but what's really interesting is as you said Donegal was not considered for partition even though when they planted Ulster in the 1700s and the 1600s like when the plantation first happened Donegal was part of that original plantation but people like not a lot of Unionists moved to Donegal because the areas of big industry were in Derry and Belfast
2: and away, they moved yeah.
0: there instead. Mm-hmm. So Donegal had quite a high population of Catholics, and they they didn't want to give Catholics any power. So they were like, "We'll just draw it out. Yeah. We'll just get rid of it." You, you know? know? Yeah. So not content with this artificially established majority, they even they gerrymandered even further. So they abolished Ireland's proportional representation system, which is quite a fair system. Mm-hmm. Um and they replaced it with the english first past the post so they have that in
1: america as well
0: yeah i know it's banal
1: it's so weird like that's so weird so like for instance in in the joe biden presidential thing it was like first past the post so like in the end if if um if when they were counting, isn't this right? Like if if you happen to count somewhere that had a lot of votes for you and you got past the post, but then, uh, then your opponent's votes were counted somewhere else and he actually got more votes than you, because you got past the posts first, you get the seat.
0: Um, it's more like that for an area with five candidates for two seats they count and the first two people to pass that get in and that's it whereas in proportional representation what can happen is you can meet the threshold but then you can actually be overtaken by second third and fourth preference votes
1: oh Okay, maybe I'm confused. I'm wrong there. So maybe I didn't understand that the entire time. Okay, I think Never we're mind. going to do
0: a whole, we're probably going to do a whole podcast on proportional representation and we yeah. a far better system than first past the post. Um, okay, so sorry, so, so
1: what is first past the post? So tell us all, including me, what you just said, is okay. it?
0: Yeah, so you have to reach, so they'll take a, um. They, they, they'll take the, the, They'll take the uh, population of the area, right? Mm-hmm. So they will say, "You in an area with a with a with a population of fifty thousand, you must get ten. I don't. know, You must get forty. No, twenty thousand to win. Okay, right. you have to get twenty thousand to win. Right. And if you reach that, mm-hmm. right? If you reach that, that you are elected.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Whereas in a system of proportional representation if your vote goes further so when it's first past the post once that person reaches the the post they pretty much stop counting you know like once the first two people reach that threshold they stop counting whereas what happens in ireland is you have a transferable vote right so if your if your candidate um reaches the if you were number one candidate reaches the um the threshold mm-hmm. what happens then is that all of the the rest of the votes are are, are transferred mm-hmm. yeah they're transferred to another person mm-hmm. and that can happen what happened what can happen then is that you basically get a fairer representation of what the entire population actually wants mm-hmm. as opposed to just those twenty thousand that yeah. voted and got him first past the post. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And to be honest with you, like most countries use proportional representation. It's actually weird for to have countries that don't use it. Right. Okay. It, it's considered to be a much fairer way to to, to run elections, essentially.
1: Okay so um, the the northerners were like okay or the unionists were like right we're going to use this we're not going to use the other system we're going to use this british system because it, it
0: guarantees us um it guarantees us that we're going to get in right even in heavily nationalist areas like Derry between gerrymandering and the first past the post system unionists consistently took home the most seats on Derry council
1: okay let me pause there now for a second. I don't understand how they would have got past the post if they didn't have the votes to begin with. Well, number one, obviously you had
0: vote like you had people, um, who were couldn't vote because of one man one vote. Like isn't it their votes weren't as powerful because of one man one vote when the unionists had, um, more votes than there were people. Right. Or secondly, due to gerrymandering you could have an area, right. of, you could have an area of say, we'll just really simple numbers. we will have 10 nationalists. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're all in the center of this square. Mm-hmm. All of them live in one square within a bigger square mm-hmm. and all surrounding that square are very spread out unionists. Okay. So what they do is they put lines around one, one nationalist mm. and link that line up in with nine unionists right. m- making, m- making making the it making the electoral area huge but but breaking the strength of that nationalist area and making breaking, the majority
1: a minority yeah pretty yeah. much okay. exactly and okay.
0: that is how that's how they gained such control in northern ireland um and how they pretty much always got the seats okay. um, and and that itself took a very, very long time to fix, because even after Catholics were given one man one vote, it still didn't solve the gerrymandering issue
1: because they still had the districts divided up in such a way that when you were voting, you were voting in a pool of of like yeah. people who were voting not the way you were voting, right yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Okay.
0: Um, And this also applies in the U.S. So gerrymandering is still, to this day, huge Mm. in America. And the political districts are redrawn every 10 years. They were recently
1: redone. By whoever
0: holds power in the state government at that time. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And And Republicans and at state level, Republicans and Democrats are very similar yes they are Mm. and the the like
0: trump's trump's first um victory is explicitly linked to gerrymandering Mm -hmm. because in like the 1990s and the early 2000s the republican party was not doing well in america Mm -hmm. so they hired this guy called thomas hoffler and he um was hired to to redraw loads of states um electoral boundaries but i'm just going to focus on one state called um, north carolina so hoffler called it redistricting because gerrymandering is a dirty word even though that is 100 what he was doing he's mm-hmm. like rebranding it you know he's Re-brand. like it's not gerrymandering it's redistricting like it's totally different i swear mm-hmm. um So he in 2011, he was hired to redraw North Carolina's um, congressional districts and he packed as many African-American voters into as few districts as possible. So this means that their votes weren't as strong and were not a true representation of what the state actually wanted. And you see this in a lot of big cities because cities tend to be Democratic voters and people of color tend to vote for Democrats. So we need to break those up. And you remember I said cracking versus packing. Yeah. So he cracked all of those districts and made them, like elongated them. So they included, like, instead of having three solid uh, Democratic, you know, wards or districts, now you have seven which are Republican mm-hmm. because he's just broken them and divided it up. And added as many republican voters in as possible yeah so north carolina was voting pretty much solidly democratic for a good few years because it hadn't been um, gerrymandered and after they gerrymandered it they returned uh, republican candidates who then began focusing on voter suppression laws mm-hmm. like requiring id at polling stations closing polling stations down basically the republican mm-hmm. handbook you know and <laughs> um, now thankfully this was eventually brought to court on the accusation that gerrymandering lines were drawn on a racial divide which in America is super easy to prove because of an old um zoning law from the 1950s where they zoned people by race
1: you know, redlining
0: like black yeah redlining like only black people can live in this area only white people can live in this area and you can mm. still see the effects of that today with you overlay the maps on top of each other it's unbelievably obvious
2: yeah
0: so it was challenged in the um the north carolina supreme court and they said that it had to be redrawn which is good they called good old tom hoffler again and this time he he did it on um, wealth so he did it on on a on he, he said like oh i'm not using race this time i'm not using race i'm using wealth which is you know non-racial if you've been paying
1: attention if you've been paying attention you'll understand the same 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 precisely exactly but but that's what he said you
0: know he was like no no it's not about race i promise so yeah in the in the, 19, in the 2018 election, even though more people voted for the Democrats in both congressional 40 million
1: and state more
0: state Senate races, they ended up with less seats than the Republicans.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So once again, people took it to to the Supreme Court of North Carolina and to the actual Supreme Court of the United States and the Supreme Court of the United States said this is not in their scope.
1: And this is the next level of fucking fuckery that they're up to. You might have seen about and I had like I had an argument with a friend about Ruth Bader Ginsburg that basically mm-hmm. she they should have let her go. Well, she should have retired and yeah, have uh, she, she was she her not retiring is partly to do with um, why the abortion law now in Texas is so strict? But that's another conversation. But like they, you—I don't know if you ever heard of people online on Twitter going pack the court, and what they're talking about is packing the Supreme Court because what Trump did was that he, um, he appointed Supreme Court judges, so it's like it goes back to even Obama, right? So Obama tried to put more Supreme Court ju- ju- judges on. And they, the Republicans in the Senate, who controlled the Senate at the time, were like, no, we don't like him. No, we don't like him. No, you can't do it. You can't do it. now. we don't like him. Because obviously th- they are lifetime appointments. So if they're there, they're there until they die or until they retire. When Trump became president then, he, there was two seats became available. So that brings the court to Brett Kavanaugh as one of them. The other guy, I can't remember his name now. Um and then they were like ho- like extremely, uh, right wing. One was accused of sexual assault. The other guy is a traditionalist, so he only reads Anthony Scar-, Scout- Scarper- Scar Scar Scarparelli Scar
0: Justice Scarparelli or something like Scarper- that?
1: Scarparelli Scouch, Scouch, Scouta or something Scout Justice Scout or something. I know his name like yeah I know. yeah. So anyway, they um they he only he only. Um, reads reads the Constitution as the founders meant it. So he means it like he doesn't. Yeah, he's an actual lunatic. lunatic. And then in the in twenty twenty, poor old Ruthie, who had mm-hmm. had cancer many times and was very ill, um, she died. And in the final month of Trump's presidency, he. A nominated Amy Coney Barrett, who had no experience as a senior judge whatsoever, extremist Catholic, and um, in it like in a similar situation, Obama wanted to, um to have someone, a nomination in his final year, that the and the Republicans in the Senate said, no, you can't in your final year. Well, it was Trump's final year. It was his final Trump month. He and they were like, yeah, no problem, because the Senate, they, they were also afraid that they'd lose the Senate. And of course, if you control the Senate, you can, you can control who goes onto the bench. So yeah. if you have a favorable bench then they're also going they're not meant to be political like they're not meant to have an ideology but of course like that has not been the case in a really long time and i don't think it's ever been the case it's always been a, a fucking whatever so so the show, system to the system is set up to protect itself now more than yeah. ever i think than it has has been before well, and like
0: when we're talking about gerrymandering and voter suppression and like how it disproportionately affects the people that they don't want in power. Like we have to think as well again about Northern Ireland. So England, like Great Britain, the the island of Great Britain is considering bringing in a voter ID. Mm -hmm. Now we have voter ID in Ireland, but like you have to, you don't have to show ID at polling stations, but you can be asked to show ID at polling stations. I always bring my passport. Yeah, but if you can't produce an ID, then if the person knows you, which is quite common in rural areas, you know, they know who you are. They know that you're not impersonating somebody else. So Mm -hmm. that can be fine. Um, But England, like, sorry, the island of Great Britain does not at the moment have um, uh, this law where you have to show an approved form of ID. So like, Mm -hmm. if you're asked for ID at a polling station in England, a library card will do. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, this approved form of ID. But in Northern Ireland, it does. Mm since 2002 or 2003 um, voters have to show a suitable id right which i find super interesting because it's a way to suppress voters you know particularly um now i think that it, it applies far more in america than it does in europe because a lot almost everyone in europe has a passport
1: there's, exactly there's
0: quite yeah. a few like they're obviously you know i'd say only about 10 percent of the population of ireland doesn't you know, yeah. whereas in America, only ten percent of the population have a passport. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have big
1: works. ID culture in yeah, this we country. Do, yeah. yeah, um
0: and in just to say, like the same way that Trump cried voter fraud and all the rest of it, and when they actually investigated, they found something like in twenty years there'd only been a hundred complaints mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. In the UK, there were there was has been only one conviction ever for voter fraud
2: Mm
0: -hmm. ever you know um it's 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 not it's not a problem it's not a proportional reaction to an actual problem no exactly and the other thing as well is that in england you do not have to be a citizen to vote in um council elections so you can you could literally step off a plane and two months later you can vote in your council elections and Mm it's fine as long as you can prove that you live in that boundary. Mm-hmm. But it's and, and therefore, like people who are not citizens feel involved in the process, you know, they feel their voices are being heard. But if you bring in voter ID, a lot of those people will not vote for mm-hmm. a myriad of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that this is kind of further evidence that the Conservative Party, like the Republican Party in America, is trying to stop the people who they believe could change the system from voting um yeah. and i just think the links between the two are too far too strong to ignore and we have to remember that britain is america's daddy
1: yeah and we are fucking america's copycat we yeah, are america's we i mean simon co like there's talk now about us getting our own fucking fleet like yeah i know fuck off no. like if russia want to come and attack us we are
0: fucked like no amount of fighter jet. but we sent the that.
1: fishermen like did they we are actually grand we can now
0: i would just like to say sorry to interrupt um tina that um my my battery on my on my um ipad is going to die very soon okay. so you can cut this out of the podcast but i'm just letting you know it's screaming in my ear battery low battery okay, low okay so um so yeah I just think the, the links between the conservative party and the republican party in America are so so strong and it's obvious that what they're doing in America they're trying to do in England um and it's all to suppress voters who voters. might change the system yeah. you know
1: I so, would like to add two things I'll close out there if you if you if you drop off but I would like to add two things that I think are interesting one is that in America did you know that they locate the prisons in white districts and when you count your population, you count the prisoners. You count the prison population. But you are not; to to they are not allowed to vote. And the second one is when we were talking about redlining. This was on Tucker Carlson only about two years ago because he was like, "How can a Bush be racist?" Is because when there was redlining, in order to separate a white neighborhood from a black neighborhood, they put up these big, massive, um, they put up these big, massive like hedges, or they would put like a um a motorway or 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 a railway track between them yeah 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 so they're like all of these things are you know all of our their infrastructure is
2: molded around yeah yeah exactly
1: yeah 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 yeah,
2: yeah. the
0: lines of society which is just bananas and madness it's insane and I think that thankfully with the advent of the internet and the spreading of information around the world, activists are picking up on all of these tactics that are being tried, you know, and Mm -hmm. people are more aware of these tactics now as well, thankfully, but that doesn't Oh. going to to do anything about it.
1: She's cutting out there a small bit. I think we'll better finish up before she drops out altogether. Um,
0: Thank you so much for listening guys. Just to say we've got TikTok now
2: we're at
1: a woman
0: yeah we've got tiktok at a woman's place ireland and it's mainly just me making really stupid history jokes but please come on down and follow us um because i'd love to see some of your stitches or your duets to any of our videos i'd be super interested
1: yay okay i didn't even know that i've been so busy i've been busy okay uh thank you very much for listening and sure get on to us there on the old twitter machine Okay, right. I'll see y'all later. Bye. Thanks right,
2: guys. Bye.